Welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. This podcast started with me just kind of interviewing my friends, and now we're at a point where I'm interviewing people who inspire me. Every week you are going to hear how someone else identifies with the feeling of not fitting in and success. So let's just hop into the episode and thank you for all of your continued support. my goodness, I am so excited to announce that of merch, it is my 90s fantasy. And I just have to say thank you to my friend, dear, dear friend, Lara, who is the second guest ever of my podcast. We just celebrated one year of the podcast. We now have a lovely website. She helped me help computer. Uh, and uh, so if you want to live your 90s fantasy, we've got mugs, we've got blankets, we've got fanny packs. We're, we're working on a denim jacket. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. So go to please don't kick me slash shop and buy some merch, y'all. This week's episode features Callie Meredith, who hosts the podcast Call to Marriage, which is helping new military spouses navigate the military spouse world. To my listeners, if you've been here a while, you know I've been a spouse for going on four years. And uh, her podcast is very near and dear to me. I was just on hers and her being on my podcast is super important because I love sharing military spouse voices. So I hope you enjoy the episode. How's it going? Hello. <laughs> I am so, so, so excited to talk to you. So let's just hop into it. This is, of course, Please Don't Kick Me Out, the podcast about imposter syndrome. And the lovely voice you are hearing on the other end is a, another military spouse, but someone who came on my radar recently that's amazing, Callie Meredith. Callie, can you give your elevator pitch, who you are, what you do, etc.? Yes. So as you said, my name is Callie Meredith. I am a less than one-year-old military spouse and I got married, my husband deployed and I had an oh crap moment and realizing that I didn't know anything. I didn't know what, what anything what was going on or everything like that. And so I created a podcast called Call to Marriage, which is for new military spouses who have just joined on the crazy roller coaster ride that is military spouse life. And I was hoping to and hope to provide a resource that is positive and informative and really just kind of carries this nature with military spouses of supporting each other, building each other up through episodes and interviews with seasoned spouses and subject matter experts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's um, for my listeners who have been here for a while, or if you're new coming from Call to Marriage to here, um, uh, I am a seasoned military spouse. I guess I'm seasoned now that I've been a military spouse for as long as I have. But um, like you, I got thrown into kind of the rat race of things um, kind of in a different way. Uh, but also still, it felt like a lot at all at once. Um, like mm-hmm. from when we first started dating, date, going from dating civilian men to dating someone in the military, that was quite a lot. Like it was a different <laughs> experience. And then all of a sudden I'm like having to deal with some of these like societal and like bureaucratic things, which felt weird and construed. And there's a lot of things that you don't know, depending on rank, depending on rate. Um, but Overall, the common thread between military spouses that I always want to reiterate is that we're all serving. We're just serving in different ways. And I think sometimes that gets a little bit lost, um, especially when, you know, we get upset about the communication cadence or if our partners are away or if maybe our friend isn't relating to us correctly, but they're also a spouse. 
um, you know, it's always nice to give ourselves a little bit of grace to understand that like, we're not meant to know everything. There's resources out there, but just like, it's very hard to rehabilitate a veteran through any one program. It's also hard to, um, basically, uh, prepare a spouse to become a spouse. I'm not saying yeah. it's the hardest thing in the world, but I'm saying that there's a lot of things that you find out as you go. And it's unfortunate because like sometimes a spouse, another seasoned spouse could have told you that, but then like, you didn't think to ask, they didn't think to tell you kind of thing. So it's, it's just kind of um, a mess. And so that podcast that you do is it's really great called marriage. Um, you and I met through, um, the just general generic, um, mill spouse, uh, uh, group, um, that's for officer spouses. Um, that's just general branch, non, um, doesn't matter what branch you're in, but if your yeah. partner's a spouse or an officer, then, then we meet through that, which was cool. And there's like a feel free Friday. I posted my podcast, you posted yours. So we're cl cross collaborating here, but I'm glad for it because, um, when I started podcasting last year, I didn't see this niche and I've had guests ask me why I haven't started a podcast or been as vocal um, cause I'm vocal, but I wouldn't say my podcast is geared towards military spouses. Of course, mm -hmm. lots of military spouses listen to my podcast, but in my, my podcast is geared towards just like the feeling of fitting in. And if we're talking about be being a military spouse, I mean, you just constantly feel this feeling of like, Oh God, like what, like, am I doing it right? Like, is, are they looking at me? Oh, are they talking about me behind my back? And that's unfortunately yes. this catty culture of, of just, just, we don't know what we don't know. So we just assume the worst. Yeah. And there, I think there too, there's this feeling of like, I don't want to mess up. So I'm just going to pretend like I have it together and pray that everyone else thinks I have it together. Yes. Which is like, that is life. me a hundred percent. Yeah. But I think too, as a military spouse, there's so many different cadences and rules and structures. Like you were saying that you have to follow that. And a lot of them are unspoken, which are the like most fun rules I find. And you have to just kind of figure them out through experience Yep. So much fun. So yeah. Much fun. Yeah. And, and like you and I, um, are both going through a deployment right now, mm -hmm. uh, uh, different branches, but both going through a deployment. Um, you got thrown into yours pretty quickly. I, I got thrown yeah. into mine. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Cause with the Navy, it's like a long drawn out, like you're by the time they leave, you're just like, I wish you were gone. Thank you. Like, <laughs> because they'll come back, you'll get like put back into a routine. They'll come back, you'll get put back into a routine. And then You'll just be like, at this point, just leave. And so with Naval, I mean, I don't know with, with, if other branches are, are like that, but with Naval deployments in particular, it's definitely like that. And, um, <laughs> and, and so you kind of like, and then you miss them and, mm -hmm. and then, and then you get into a routine. And for me, and if I'm assuming as for you as well, you had to do the holidays by yourself yeah. in a pandemic yeah. and it was, I don't think, I mean, I've been depressed, but I don't know how to even describe it. I almost felt like, I hate to bring this up, but like the scene in Twilight where like he leaves her forever and, she and just, she's like, just sitting in the chair, the right? Yes. Like that's how I felt <laughs> for months and months and months. And then yeah. after we went through the last holiday and the last anniversary that like kind of stung a little, I was like, all right, like we're on the tail end, like whatever. I'm happy. Like, let's get this done. Like get home already. Um, so I don't know if that's how it felt for you, but for me, I was like this, it felt like, like November and December were 75 years long. Oh, <clears throat> sorry. A hundred percent. And for, so for us, like Thanksgiving and Christmas aren't these like super big, crazy, massive things, but new year's for us has always yeah. been like, 
you know, he was my first New Year's kiss and we did our first New Year's Um. together and like parent, we did all these great things, big New Year things. We have a tradition where we get like a Big Mac and a bottle of Prosecco, like Oh, I love that tradition. It's the best New Year's tradition because it is so low key, but you feel so fancy. Like you drink out of nice glasses, you know, but that, that when New Year's rolled around, I was doing so well. I was like, I'm such a strong military spouse. I haven't even cried like more than five times. I'm so good. And then I got to New Year's and it was like waterworks. I, cause it was just like, all of a sudden you realize all those little things that you did with them, you couldn't do. And we're on different time zones. So it was like, he said, happy new year's. And it was like six o'clock in the afternoon for me. It's like happy new year's, but it's just weird. Mm -hmm. It is. It is weird. It is weird. And like, also, um, our big, so our big holiday is not necessarily Christmas for Christmas. We always do like an orphan Christmas where like people come over and Mm -hmm. like anyone that's military that like can't go see their family. Um, but this year I didn't do that. I spent, my in-laws are an hour and a half away. Um, and so I, I went and saw them for a couple of holidays and I know it's a pandemic. Yes. But I mean, like we, there's people that were tested. I've actually never been tested, but now I'm half vaccinated. Um, I also like, just didn't go anywhere. If it couldn't get delivered to me, I was like, yeah. I'm not leaving. Cause I'm one of one. <laughs> yeah. if I, if I get sick, like who is taking care of me? Cause I live in this house by myself. Like, yikes. oh yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of house for one person too. And, uh, so, so Thanksgiving was the one for me and I have some friends that I always spend it with. And I'm very, very lucky to have, um, two, actually three friends that I've had for four years from Denver that I met through Scott, but have become my family. Like they are, um, gorgeous gay men who are just the most loving and inclusive people. I, they're great friends of mine and I love them so much. Well, um, two of them beat the one of the couples because the other one, his his partner's um, geo batching in another location um, for two years, uh, tested positive for COVID and ended up getting oh, no. COVID. And so I get this text message after I'd already told my mother in law, I was like, I'm not coming for Thanksgiving, but I'll be there for Christmas. Right? I'm giving you one holiday. I did I did Halloween with, because my mother in law wanted me to see my nephew. Uh, go to this Halloween parade for his school or something. I was like, sure, I'll do Halloween, whatever. Uh, And uh, so I ended up going to a friend of mine's house, which was my backup plan. And my other friend had a deployed spouse on a different deployment, but she came too. And uh, it's weird because, and and it was totally fine, but it felt I don't know how to describe it. Like Mm -hmm. I was there, I was around people, but I was lonely. Like I, it was almost like, yeah, I looked around and I was like watching, like they're having a, you know, it's their tradition. They're having us here. And like, I appreciated it, but it like, wasn't the same. And my friend Ash, she like the next day I texted her, I was like, Hey, like, um, cause she had like Thanksgiving break. I was like, Hey, do you want to do this thing we were talking about? And she was radio silent. She texted <laughs> me the next day and she was like, I got so depressed. I turned my phone off and just cried the next day for the whole day. I was like, Oh, oh my gosh. I was like, well, I was sad too, but I had therapy. So I was like, well, I have therapy so I can like talk about it and I can kind of like understand it. Um, Mm -hmm. But then I thought about it and I was like, yeah, that's kind of how it felt. And it it was, it was just bizarre. It was bizarre because I then kind of pulled people. Like I was like, has this happened? Like, have you felt like that? And they were like, yeah, that's how it feels. If like to be surrounded by everyone, except for the person you want to be around, like it feels especially when it's your it feels holiday. Empty. It feels yeah. empty. Yeah. Yeah. So not to sad sap because I do think that there's a lot of strength in like the military community, the spousal community and stuff. And like, 
you are a person that has a, a successful career that you do on top of podcasting. Um, yeah. just like, uh, another person that I interviewed Elizabeth, who, um, who I've connected you with, who is, who hosts the American Mill spouse, who I've also been on her podcast by the time this will have, have been released. Um, that is kind of the bread and butter for me. Cause I was a career spouse up until the pandemic Lovato took my job away. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I just create content and I couldn't be happier, but it was, a, it was always tough because it's not necessarily seen it's there's so many different ways to be a military spouse there's no one way to do it and all of them are equally beautiful but they're also equally hard and I think sometimes like uh we are seen as impermanent and that really grinds my gears because I have found that military spouses at least the ones I know me and me included um work just as hard, if not harder, because I have only two or three years to give you. Yeah. And I think too, like, this is going to sound so weird, but if there's been like any silver lining from the pandemic and lovely Corona, it's that the jobs that corporate America thinks can only be filled in a brick and mortar office building can all be done online from anywhere. Yes. And it's been so, cause I, so I, I have a, like a normal, like a normal career and I love my job. I love working. It's part of who I am. Like if I didn't have my job, it just, I would feel weird. But for a while I, you know, I was laid off and I was looking for a new job and I had interviewed in the space and this was before, um, I guess it was before the pandemic. Um, but they, you know, I'd wanted to offer me this job and they loved me and I loved them. And it got to like the final where they're giving me the offer and I had the offer and they rescinded it because Mm -hmm. they were like, you're a military spouse and we know you're going to like leave us in a little bit. And we want you to be in the office because this job cannot be done remotely. And then Mm -hmm. two months later, their whole office was remote. And so it's one of those, it's, it's like a, I guess my, what's it called? Yeah. My uh, soapbox that I'll stand Mm -hmm. on is that, you know. Military spouses can do just as good of a job, if not better, half the time because they're so resilient. Yeah, yeah, and uh, for, similar to to you. Well, I actually, I mean, I tell people that I got laid off due to the pandemic, and a lot of it has a lot to do with that. I actually asked for my worth. My boss said yes, rescinded that, and then laid me off because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then on the way out the door, in my exit interview, said that I was impermanent anyway. Uh, he actually had no idea. He actually had no idea that I would not be staying in San Diego. And the only way for me to stay in San Diego is if I am EFMP, which means that I have a category, whatever illness or someone in my family does. And I need to be near a hospital, a military hospital, so I can have my treatments under TRICARE. So that, that the detailer, basically Scott and I wanted to follow on to her here and in his career, it makes zero sense because he's in a very niche career um, in a niche sect. So it didn't make sense. And the detailer was like, oh, well, does your wife have cancer? And Scott was like, no, why? And he was like, well, can she get cancer? Scott's like, um, what? He's like, basically, um, I have a bunch of families that need this health system. So you'll be giving up a seat to someone that actually like has kids or something that needs it. And so once we knew that we were like, all right, Sandy goes off the table. Like we're not, we're not even going to try. Mm-hmm. And it was a bummer because I, when I moved here, it was our first PCS. I really felt like I had, like was in the zone. I got a job really easily. I felt like I was on top of the world. 
Um, and then I got laid off the pandemic hit and then we chose Hawaii. So I'm like, "Eh, okay, like, bye. Um, but the thing about that is, is to go back to your point, um, you, you would have worked just as hard and it's a bummer because you also wonder, should I disclose this in an interview? Should I tell them? But it be, it's, um, it feels to me, I'm a rule follower. So it feels very deceitful to not disclose it. And in the last year, I've kind of realized, like I, my captain's wife called me in one of their underways in, beginning of the pandemic when I was struggling. I was really struggling because I, I had had as an extrovert, had had all of my friends, my friends going out, all of that stuff ripped for me. I was suddenly in my mm-hmm. house 24 seven. I hadn't been truly alone like this ever. I was away from fr- family. My sister, um, my sister's living with my parents who's immunocompromised. And it's like, it's, uh, it was just a lot. Like I had no support. It felt like I had nothing. Like I just felt like just like fish out of water. And then my husband's ship kept going like in and out of communications because of the COVID. And so my captain's wife called me and gave me some amazing advice about being in a career. And she just said, your impermanence is your guiding light. Like, she's like, you're, if anything, I like to hire people who are impermanent because I know they'll work harder. And she was like, so I reframe the conversation the next time you interview. Cause at the time I was interviewing, um, mm-hmm. and she's like, and, and basically tell them that like, it's your champion, like flame. And I keep thinking about that conversation. I have yeah. with her, and I think it's amazing advice because you can't say no when someone is that confident and it's like, also now you can do your job remote. So, I mean, what's, what's the harm, but, but we didn't have a pandemic to kind of smooth that over at first, yeah. which makes it harder. Definitely. And I think too, I, at least when I was interviewing, because I did, I would disclose, I was a military spouse, like the second interview in, if I made it through the front door and I could show them how cool I was, like how good of an employee I could be, I would usually disclose. And I, I always tell people who are interviewing, you tell them you're adaptable, you tell them you're flexible and you tell them that you're, you're, you're compatible in any environment. And it's because military spouses, when things change, you have to be flexible to, to handle the change. You have to be able to adapt to the new plans and you're compatible because you get sent to so many different places, so many different cultures, so many different niche areas that you have to be able to just kind of blend in with the scene where you're at and get into that area. And so yeah, that I like that though. The, the your impermanence is your champion. Like I want a t-shirt with that on it. That's pretty. That's yeah, pretty powerful. Shout out, shout out to Becky. She's 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 a boss. <laughs> I love her. Um, but I think like this is all lending into the topic at hand, which is of course in imposter syndrome. So we'll hop into it um, with the first question, which is, do you feel like you have it all figured out? <laughs> no, <laughs> I no, I do not. I think I I started what I wanted to do with like my podcast and everything being like, I've seen people know how to do it. It seems really easy, which is like, felt such a joke now that I do it, but I, I thought I was going to have it all together. And I do not. I think I, I pretend like I do to make it look pretty for the Instagram, but that's about it. <laughs> well, I have been podcasting for a year and I'll tell you what listeners and to you, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I, well, I have an idea. I have a vague idea, but it's weird to me when people come to me and they're like, your podcast sounds really good. And I'm like, uh, okay. Cause really I just press record and then I upload and then I hope it doesn't sound like crap. Like, yeah, I, 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 that's, all, that's what I do. <laughs> 
I tell, I tell everyone who interviews me, I was like, I don't edit. I want it to sound really organic. And the truth of the matter is one, I like how it sounds organic. I have no idea but how I to also, edit. I don't know how to edit. <laughs> so I was like, this is way easier if it just, and I, people tell me like, I love how organic this sounds. Like I hate super cut and edited podcasts because it sounds so fake. I said, well, good thing. I suck at using computers because. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So with like your, you coming, like calling to action to like make this podcast, like mm-hmm. you've got a fire lit under you, passionate, um, similar to you, um, my ship did not have a family readiness group or they did, but it went inactive and we saw a need for it when there was that AAV accident that had happened and there was no, uh, family readiness group. And with the pandemic and the scrambling to get ready for deployment and all of the rules and regulation, it just kind of like fell through the cracks. And so I stepped up with a couple of other spouses and we restarted it. And, um, but I was, I mean, we were all loud, but I was very loud. And then I think Mm -hmm. like, I think, I think like it got kicked up higher and higher and higher. And then finally it got approved to use the name. Um, because we had a, we had a group that was using our name that was run by people that aren't attached to the command, like their PRD was up and they were just still running it. So that's like a huge mm-hmm. OPSEC violation in general. Um, but we can't do anything about it because it's, it's non-sanctioned. So we can't govern it unless we actually have a specific screenshot that says like they fucked up. So, mm-hmm. so we started the family readiness group and it's a similar thing where I was like, well, no one else is stepping up. So I'm just going to step up. And that's who I am as a spouse. And then that's always who I am as a person to a fault, like to a fault. I know it's a bad habit because it's like, you want to be a bleeding heart and you want to be so helpful. And then you get to a point sometimes where you realize like, I just need to take a step back and yeah. like, I have to like take time for me because now I'm helping too many people. Like it's too much. Like so something I'm working on in therapy is saying no more and saying yes less. <laughs> boundary setting. That's been yeah, that's my, hard. my challenge for this weekend is to set some boundaries because I'm the same way. I'm a yes person. Like if you give me something, I'm like, oh yeah, I can do that. And half the time I'm like dying inside because I'm exhausted, but yeah. I just want to help. <laughs> oh no, that's like, and I'm such an empath too. Like I can't help it because childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, uh, <laughs> so I'm always like, Ah, and and then I realized, you know, it's funny. The only, the first place I ever was able to set boundaries was my podcast because it got too much. It got to be too much, too many interviews, too much going on. When I was preparing for this deployment, I was like, this is a lot. Like I, I can't, I have to like put boundaries in place. I'm saying mm-hmm. yes too often. And, and now I'm very choosy. I'm like, here's my dates and here's my times. And I'm not bending. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you can't record, then you're not a guest. Sorry. Like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, that comes from like doing it for a year, I guess. I don't really know, but let's talk about imposter syndrome. I love this because I feel like everyone, we ultimately, we all feel the same, you know, mm-hmm. we, we all, it's a human emotion. We all kind of feel it, but everyone kind of defines it differently and has like a different way that it makes them feel. So do you feel like you fit in or suffer from imposter syndrome in what ways? And what does imposter syndrome mean to you? So I think I'll start with the last part of that question first. So imposter syndrome to me is where I know I'm a good spouse. I know I'm a good wife. I know I'm a good person, but I look around and I see other spouses and I just feel like constant judgment of like, you don't really belong here or you're a little too different for us, or you don't fit this mold. And so I kind of feel like I'm this shell of a spouse, like sort of like Barbie on the outside, but like really like more of a Polly pocket on the inside. If you don't get that reference, like, I'm sorry, but like, I feel so out of place. Mm-hmm. 
And a lot of it stems, I think, too, from being a career spouse. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of us. And if there are, we're not very vocal about it. Mm -hmm. And so finding spouses who have the same level of grit or the same level of tenacity or the same level of drive is hard. And so I almost feel like I have to be less myself in order to match the energy and the personalities and the, the groove of where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. Let me touch on that with you. So, uh, in, in the spousal community, it's, it's, it's a stereotype and a stigma that it's not okay to be loud. Let's just talk Mm -hmm. about this straight up. You, you will never, like you can never, well, you can, there's things you could say that could hurt their career. So I'm not going to say never say never, but you are a civilian and you can say and think and do what you want Mm -hmm. and you can be loud and that doesn't affect them. And so for me, like in, I, after I got off of Elizabeth's podcast, for instance, I had an anxiety attack where I was, cause I'd asked her, cause I'd mentioned my husband's command and I was like, Hey, can you cut that out? And anything, if yeah. it sounds like I'm saying anything negative or whatever, cause sometimes you get passionate and emblazoned and you're like, uh, talking and you forget, like, cause you're, when you're talking spouse to spouse, you kind of forget, you're like, Oh no, rein it in like public. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but but I, I had an, and I said, Scott, like I, I, I recorded this podcast. Like, I don't really know what I said. Like I might've said something. And he was like, I don't fucking care. He was like, you do not like my career is not defined by the things that you say. And I will never allow that. Like he was like, you are a civilian. You are not governed by the military. He was like, so you can say and do what you want. And yeah. And that's a good thing to remember too, because I think sometimes it's almost as if there's like this, like you said, this stigma that we need to be small and meek and like polished and put together. And I know some like badass military spouses who are like tough as nails and like so awesome, so kick butt, so cool, do not fit that mold. And it's like they are literally the definition of like, I am a spouse, but I'm also a person. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's something to keep in mind too. Cause I also feel like sometimes my listeners, if like, they're like, Oh, like, should I date a military person? It's like, I don't know you decide, but there's <laughs> for every, for every negative thing or every concern, it's just, it is what it is. Sometimes I feel like, especially, um, especially like in groups, like if I'm in a group for a uh, area I live in, mm-hmm. um, like for instance, I joined the Oahu spouses group just to like get my footing and yeah it looked like mean girls it looked like the burn book had like gone down the hallway and 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 um you know to my listeners I know that not every spouse is um a female some are there's there's male spouses that serve as well Mm -hmm. um but no like for the majority you're gonna see a lot of females that's just typically how it goes um but it just like I saw one person like post something and it was just like the hyena is like attacked it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to comment on anything. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I'm just like, I just lurk. And um, there is, um, there can be negative parts. There can be bullying and there can be things like that. But for the most part, like no one's looking at you and just like straight up judging you unless you're just saying really stupid things. And then there, and the, <laughs> yeah. which, which, which is like, sometimes you can say something stupid and then get educated. And then it's like, if you continue to continue to say stupid stuff, then we're kind of judging you a little bit, but that makes me sound like a mean person. And I try not to be, but there's like, just like you were saying, like put boundaries, we want to put boundaries in place and not help everyone. Mm -hmm. There are some people who are beyond help. 
like yeah. beyond help of yeah. understanding. And you just kind of got to like walk away and move on. You can't save everyone. <laughs> like you can't put your, like, I have like this uh, analogy that I like to envision of like, you're a pitcher and people are a teacup and you can try and fill that teacup as much, but they they can't, they can only hold so much. They can only take so much. Right. And right. so, and at the end of the day, if you give your pitcher full of energy to that teacup, they can only put a teacup amount back into you. So yeah. you're just going to drain yourself in the long run. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, but I hope that my listeners don't like take this as like, or, or yours that are listening to this to take us as, as, as like a sad sapping. I mean, for the most part, oh, no. <laughs> it's just such, um, there's so many great benefits to it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess like, if I was to say like for my listeners, I, I want the takeaway to be that we want to be seen as people. Like we are spouses, yeah. but that's only 1.01% of who we are. Like we are both dog moms. We're both badasses yes. who have had careers or still have a career. We both have podcasts. Um, and then as we move forward through this conversation, you'll see that like, we both are fanatical about some crazy stuff and, <laughs> and have some funny, um, I have the same unpopular opinion as you, by the way. Oh my gosh. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, let's, let's go to the next question. Let's talk about success. Um, unless there's anything else you want to add to imposter syndrome. No, I think just again, to like reiterate that you're like, you're more than just a spouse. That's been just like such a mantra for me. And I think I like remind myself of that on the daily, but other people on the daily and to like military, being a military spouse is not a negative. It's just, it's different and it's unique and it's special. And there are nuances to it. And it's just, it's good to remind yourself of of that as well. Oh, absolutely. Before we go into the question of success, like I will just say that I was vehemently against like joining and needing my community and joining the spousal community and like educating myself. And I was like, so I threw myself into a career and I was like, I don't want to be seen as this Mm -hmm. because of all the negative things I'd heard and seen and witnessed. And I needed my, when I got laid off, I needed my community more than ever. I reached out to my wardroom. I reached out to my group on Facebook. I reached out to the officer spouses. I had other spouses that I'd met at a happy hour, like reach out to me and they like needed, they needed support. And that's, we banded together. And I didn't feel that from my civilian counterparts. I didn't feel that from people I worked with. And I didn't feel that from my civilian friends. I had some mm-hmm. and like Kara, Kara, my friend, Kara is like one of my oldest friends. She's amazing. My best friend, Marcy. Um, of course my in-laws are close by, but like their son's been in the military for 15 plus years and like, they've got their own crap going on. So I didn't expect it from them. And my mom is always afraid she's going to like be overstepping because she's like, Oh, you're married. And like, I don't want to stress you out. So she doesn't really (laughs) call me. So I'm like, just was in a boat of one and we're all commiserating because we didn't know what we didn't know. And then as I, that I kind of got my footing and I, I found therapist, I got diagnosed with ADHD. This was all last year. And I just like kept kept like, you know, standing up for the things I believed in and stuff. I realized that like, it's, 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 I needed that support. They helped me. I'm helping them when they need me. That's just what you do. Um, Mm -hmm. but I didn't need it as much, but I was proud of, I'm proud of, I'm proud of the fact that one part of me is a military spouse. Like on my my husband's ship, I'm known as mom because I send so many snacks 
And <laughs> so like, they're like, yay, mom, mom is employee of the month. And I'm like, okay, guys, cool. Um, they get, they like, they audibly cheer when a package shows up. They're like, yes, snacks. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I'm like, I'm like building morale. Like they have a, they have a, they have a calendar of my dog in various costumes I sent for Christmas. And it has like all of the anniversaries, all of the birthdays, all of like the, everyone's like PRDs or whatever in, in there. And it's cute. And, um, and so they, they also are like, Bourdain's the mascot. Like, I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, but, but to say, I guess suffice to say, like to sum it all up and talking about like spousal imposter syndrome, career spouse, that stuff. And just in general is, um, there's nothing to fear because nothing like you do mm-hmm. is ever wrong necessarily. Yeah. And like, you just got to like roll into, um, roll into it. If you're going to join it, it just, it's, it's one of those things where it's flexibility and adaptability and just learning yeah. to like ro- roll with the punches. And once you realize that you have no control, <laughs> you're oh, it's a so lot freeing. happier. It's so freeing. <laughs> I know. Like, oh my gosh. I'm just like, like Scott will tell me something. And I was like, my bar is set so low that that does not surprise me. And he's like, yeah. really? I'm like, no, I already planned for that. He was like, seriously? I'm like, yep. I already had planned for it. My, my husband gave me a, a date for like a range for when he was going to come home. And I was like, okay, I'm going to set it for a couple more weeks out then. And he was like, what? And I was like, things change. I'm just going to set my expectations for this date. And if you come home earlier than that date, huzzah, like that's what I did. I was like, I was like, well, he's like, this is the date. I was like, is it the date? And he's like, yeah, yeah. It's set in stone. I swear. And I was like, "Mm," add five days. (laughs) I love when they go, yeah, set in stone. Like, no, it's not. No, it's not. Like what's stone? That, it's a limestone. No, it's like, not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's talk about success because, um, success can sometimes feel, I'm going to say this from, let's talk from like the military perspective. I mean, mm. and, like it can sometimes feel diminishing because like you're doing things for their career and like, you're kind of at their mercy, not necessarily like you're still allowed to have your career. It's just that like, you're sacrificing a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and yeah. tell they get out. And then like, then you're like, it's my turn. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess like, what does success look like to you? And do you feel successful? So I think success is I have like professional success and then I have personal success. Mm-hmm. And so for me, obviously, like I have professional aspirations. Like I want to get to a higher level in my company. I want to do things. I want to manage people. I want to lead projects. And I want to get to a point where I can, you know, be comfortably supporting my family from my end with a career. Um, So that's like success to me. That's what success looks like from a professional standpoint. In my personal standpoint, success to me is I knowing I don't have everything together, but being comfortable with not having everything together and not having to put myself in a position where I'm always focusing on the nuances and the minute details and totally missing the big picture. And while I'm not at either of those success points, I'm definitely closer to the successful side of the personal aspirations in that just through being deployed during a pandemic and, you know, starting the podcast and doing all these things that were for me was able and prioritizing myself and my desires and my passions and having a spouse who was a hundred percent, like my husband set up my email, like he came up with the name, like he did all these things. Cause I was like, I want to have this successful resource for spouses. And just to have that driving it and knowing that things change, nothing is permanent, but what is permanent is just this passion that I have. 
that makes me feel successful. Like I've getting just one Instagram DM from someone being like, Hey, this like was just what I needed to hear. This was perfect. This was great. I know I'm successful because I'm making a difference in people that I care about, which are the new military spouses who are going like, what the hell did I get myself into? That's my success point. And I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not reaching the masses. I, I don't have a huge following, but I have enough people who are invested and it's helping them. That makes me feel successful. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Some more to you <clears throat> when, well, one, my husband has a foam finger permanently. I mean, that man, like my therapist constantly says to me, she's like, why don't you see yourself the way your husband sees you? And I'm like, Ooh, burn just, you know, uh, but, <laughs> but, it's, but it's true <laughs> because like my husband's like, you're, you're brilliant. Like there's no one like you, you're goofball. Like I'm just very like, I don't, I'm like, I don't know. I'm just like a, just wacky person who has a very mm-hmm. big personality that like you either love me or you hate me. Um, and I can't help <laughs> that because I'm just very like, I can't, I, 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 it's been so long since I've had to compromise or not be myself. It's been over mm-hmm. a year now that I've been 100% myself and just like leaned into it. And it's like, all right, let's oh, be me. We'll see what happened. And at first it was very vulnerable and very, um, uncomfortable. And I, I, I lost people from it. But, mm-hmm. um, but I continued to keep on that path. Cause I knew that being authentic to myself and like doing what made me happy and, and doing that was most important. So yeah. starting this podcast was something I wanted to do. And Scott encouraged me to do it. He was like, yes, do it. So I did. And I didn't know what I was doing. And I had no, like I pulled the trigger. I came up with my own name. I came up with all my stuff. I just recently got a website. Finally, I just recently updated my graphics. <laughs> um, but, and it's all me who does it, but I paid, I paid for a, a new logo. Um, and I just kind of like, just kept going. And then I get like two listens, three listens four, you know, and I'd and yeah. be like, yeah, oh well, yeah. Like you'd be so excited. And then um, similar to you, it started to click for me when I started to get have people contact me and be like, I understand. I've I'm this many years old. I finally get why I feel this way. Oh my gosh, you feel this way too. Like this makes so much sense. And then it just like kept snowballing, kept snowballing, kept snowballing. And now I'm at a point where it's almost like it's a train without a conductor, like running off the rails, but I'm, I'm trying to manage it. And it's kind of hard to do with like a move on the horizon. And to be honest, I'm quite stressed out because it's like, this is picking up and the requests for me to do things are picking up at the same time that like, I have to move. So I'm like, ah, like, what do I do? But yeah, I, from that standpoint, professionally also, I feel successful because I, it's funny. My mom was like, well, you're not using your college degree anymore. I'm 30. I'm going to be 32 <laughs> this year. Um, and my, I, told, I said to my mom, I was like, yeah, I do. I use it every week. Like I use it all of the time. Like one of my parts of my degree was communications. I was like, the other part was, was advertising. And I was like, I, I, I market this podcast podcast. (laughs) all of the time. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never stopped using my degree, but okay. Um, so I, I, but I, I don't allow like comments like that to kind of get in the way of, Mm -hmm. of, of what I like doing, because I know that what I'm doing is, is at least helping some people and like you, yeah, sure. Maybe I don't have as many streams as I'd like, and maybe I don't have as much notoriety as I'd like, but it'll get there. You just have, it's a slow flame that builds and the best podcast advice anyone's ever given me is like, and same with TikTok or whatever, and content in general, just keep putting content out there and eventually it'll stick. Don't stop. Yeah. That's, that's been like the biggest thing that I think is been reminding me, I've been like on a posting schedule and I've gotten like, you know, every Saturday, like we're good. 
and just like keeping up with the consistency of it because I know that consistency is what's going to get it through the door. Like I'm going to reach people with consistency. Yep. Yep. And that's a great way to look at it. And I, I think what you're doing is great. And like, I, I, I'm happy to help you in whatever way. And if this gets you some more listeners or some more of my military listeners, then, then we've done the job, right. Or even in general, if to my listeners, if you're just curious and you want to know just in case, like, Oh, maybe you're a single person, maybe you're young and you're considering dating someone in military. Um, it's a great resource. And so I would definitely suggest that. Or as we mentioned, Elizabeth's, um, the American male spouse, her podcast mm-hmm. is a great resource as well. Um, if oh, you're yeah. a military spouse trying to feel, um, maybe more seasoned one, trying to feel a little more comfortable in your role, um, and like just kind of normalizing that feeling of the, of the spouse. Um, but yeah, yeah thank you. <laughs> yeah. I think we've touched on the topic in hand, which is of course, imposter syndrome. Um, and we kind of leaned more on the, um, military spouse side, but it, I think it was necessary because I, I do believe that. I haven't, I haven't had one in a while and I think it's a good refresher. Um, mm-hmm. but also it's, it's, you're so you're new, you're a newlywed coming into this. So it's so new for you. So this is like top of mind where you feel like, ah, like I'm going on post. Like, should I, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. Don't go down roads that are closed for PT without realizing they're closed for PT. Oh yeah. yeah. That happens. And it's real fun and very scary. <laughs> oh no. Oh goodness. <laughs> So, uh, so I like to do this because I feel like it really just kind of, you know, gets the juices flowing. So, uh, what is one or a few things you're fanatical about and why I haven't used my example in forever, but I'm using it for a specific reason. Uh, guy Fietti, I love him. Meme of a freaking man. I just bought, i I found a pair of flame flared leggings. I don't know. Gen Z's, Gen Z's calling them flared leggings now. They're bell bottoms. Let's be real. And I, yeah, I bought I them. Like I, I bought them so fast. My head spun. That was my, oh my today gosh. purchase. I'm so excited for oh, you. Me too. I think I saw them on your socials and I was like, oh, those are so nice. <laughs> no, I was like, I'm buying these. I, I don't know why, but that man can get me through any kind of just like funk. I love Guy Fieri. My <laughs> husband and I, what, like before he left for deployment, like, I, I don't know if my husband like genuinely likes him or if he's just like, likes how crazy he is, or he just, because I'm obsessed with him, but we watch like all of his shows. Like I bought his tequila. Like I did all these things. Just like, I love Guy Fieri. <laughs> oh, I'm going to take it a step further. Okay. So, um, I got cast on to Guy's big project. I had to turn it down. <gasps> But I still loved him, but also like, let's be real. Like he's a meme of a man, but he's also like a really good person. And that this was yeah. at the time that like people would be like making him into a meme and he now leans into it. Cause his son Hunter is like, dude, you gotta lean into it. That's your brand. But also mm-hmm. he has this good guy wholesomeness. He's such a good, good person. Like all of that he's done for California and the food relief. Oh, um, yeah. so we stayed at the hotel in Vegas that had Guy Fieri's restaurant in it. They used to have like a gigantic Guy Fieri, like like vinyl on the wall. And I like took a photo of it. They used to have like Guy Fieri on the elevators. Um, and I just, I loved him for my, what, for my, for our wedding, my friend Ian, he drove four hours from LA just to give us a Guy Fieri signed frying pan. That's amazing. I love Which that. was like nuts, <laughs> like nutballs. Yeah. And then, and then for our housewarming, my friend Sarah got us a Guy Fieri, um, signed, Guy Fieri signed uh, apron. Okay. So I, that's, that's the whole thing. You got like For a whole collection. My husband and I's first Halloween, he was a hot dog and I was Guy Fieri. 
And then this year, while he was, um, he's been deployed, I thought it'd be hilarious to dress up as Guy Fieri and put my dog Bourdain as a hot dog. And so I did I it and this. I recreated the look. <laughs> and then I, but I sent him an email with the subject line, like not safe for work, like open alone. And it's just me <laughs> in a flame shirt. Like, and I, oh my gosh. And then for Valentine's day, my friend Kim got me the Guy Fieri. I don't know if you like are signed up to his store, but like there was like, ro- like roses are red, violets are blue, something diners, drivers and dives or something. And it's like, a, it's hot pink long sleeve shirt and it's got him and it's like two blank from guy. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. So that there's that I'm like anything he's in, I get tagged in. Scott got me the guy Fieri Funko pop for my birthday. Like I, oh I we used to, this is like a devotion, like a shrine level. Devotion. Right. Right. Yes. I have a guy Fieri candle. My friend Shelby got for my birthday. Like <laughs> I have like um, my, my sister-in-law, the first year that Scott and I were together, she got me guy Fieri slippers with like slippers, like his face and like little food items and gyms on them like these little slides, like I sound like a crazy person, but really I just, I've just, I find him intriguing. And he was doing this thing called ghost kitchen, um, across the United States where he would like, they, there was pop-ups, like they would just take over a kitchen that was non-functioning and like give them revenue. And he would, and then you could order like takeout from Guy Fieri's restaurants, right? The best of the best foods. Oh, wow. So I ordered a burger. I ordered fried pickles. I ordered fries and I ordered his queso and the mac and cheese. Mac and cheese, least interesting. Queso was good. It was supposed to come with tortilla chips, did not. So I used the Flavortown fries to eat the queso. Do suggest. Ooh, that sounds delicious. And then the <laughs> burger was like mac and cheese plus cheese, bacon, all of that. And it was messy, but it was like so good. And the fried pickles were what you'd expect. And I dressed up as Guy and I like reviewed it and put it on reels. <laughs> and I <laughs> think Guy saw it. Cause oh like my, wait, Flavortown, what? because Flavortown Foods shared it, which is his company. And I was like, Oh my God. I hope that he saw it because I love him. And I hope so too. That's amazing. Right as COVID was hitting, um, before we knew it was a thing and in, in January, his birthday's in January. I don't know. I, I have it in my calendar for some reason. Like I thought it was <laughs> drunk. I drunk thought it would be funny to put that in my calendar once. And I did, uh, and, uh, it's still in there. And so, um, I, I saw this, my friend tagged me. She was like, Bianca, you have to enter this contest. And it was like, tell us why like you're the ultimate guy Fieri fan. And I was like, Ooh, hold my beer. Okay. <laughs> and so Scott's not in town. Scott's Scott's underway. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm making this happen. I'm doing it. So I, um, I like make a whole video talking about like, I'm wearing like pizza earrings. I'm like showing him the things I have that have his face on it. I'm like, uh-huh. I'm like showing video or photos. I'm like, I chose this hotel for my wedding because of this, that, and the other blah, blah, blah. Like, and I just like, I, I should have won. And the person that won was a person that like made a, a meme town, like a flavor town Jersey, which to be fair, he deserved to win, but yeah. So if you won, you got to go to guy's birthday and meet guy at the oh link in Vegas and, and like all you can eat like VIP trash can nachos. And I was like, hell yeah, dude, I'm there. Um, but that's so cool. But no, no, I didn't win. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Like I'm not salty about it at all. No, but I mean like it's, but he's <laughs> just, a, I know like I just, it's, it's something about him. That's like wholesome. Like he's, you want to punch him in the face as well, but he's, yeah, he's like a cool wholesome. uncle that like, you're a little nervous to like see at the dinner party, but you're also like really excited to see at the dinner party. Yeah. Like he's yeah. just, he does so much good and he has like such a cool personality. He's so out there. 
Yeah. He's yeah. just, he's just awesome. Yeah. So that, so yes. Yeah. So like, we're both fanatical about Guy Fieri. Check, check. Um, yes. let's talk about unpopular opinions. And, um, <laughs> I laughed at yours because I can, I can elaborate on it, but go for it. <laughs> so <laughs> my unpopular opinion is that, um, it's okay to applaud when a movie is over, if it is really good. And I, I know there are people that hate this kind of people and I don't do it all the time. Like, I'm not going to say, I didn't like sit in frozen and applaud after frozen. Like, but at the end of the Avengers movie, like I did applaud. I did a little whoop whoop. I thought it was really good, but yeah, that's, <laughs> if a movie is really good and I'm like, wow, that was amazing. I, I, I will applaud. I'm pretty I, sure it, it just appalls anyone who <laughs> goes with me. Well, I, I, I swear I thought that it was normal that people did that. And then I hadn't been to a movie in so long that I like thought to myself, I'm like, well, shit, do I clap at the end? Like it was, a lo- <laughs> it was like, it was, this was like, this was like when Scott and I were like, maybe like started dating. I hadn't really gone to movies or whatever in a while, but I, I, I don't know if it was like a Midwest thing and maybe not to my listeners. Don't come for me. I have no idea, but I remember <laughs> clapping at the end of movies. Like I thought that was a thing. Um, so no, I don't think that's bad at all. And I think if you liked a movie, you should clap. Like, I don't know, like at the end, it's just, yeah. it's showing them like, wow, job well done. And like, yeah, I know they can't hear me. Like I realize that, but it's a same. It's like, I don't know. You go to the theater and, and like a play and you clap because you're applauding the performance by the performers. It's the same concept. They just don't know you're applauding. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I just like to think that there's like a little camera somewhere that's like, look at the uh-huh. reaction. Um, but yeah, no, I like that. I think it's, I think it's funny, <laughs> but I also like agree. I'm like, I, I thought that was normal, but I guess I haven't done it in a while because Scott told me not to. Um, I'm pretty, I'm, I don't do it around my husband because I know he would just be like, put your hands down. Put your hands down. You're like, he's like, he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah. So um, what's currently making you happy in the world? This sounds so lame. I love coffee. Coffee is my life. It is my morning routine. If I don't have, it's like my husband bought me an espresso machine, like a nice espresso machine so I could wake up in the morning and make my own coffee. Really, it was to make me stop going to Starbucks. That was his main initiative. (laughs) And, you know, mission accomplished, babe, like good job. But it was, it has become like my centering activity to start my morning where I like grind my beans, I brew my coffee, I, you know, froth my, you know, dairy-free, whatever I'm having that morning. And it's just, it brings me so much joy in that singular routine to start my day that that's just been like, the the best thing that I've had since Christmas, essentially. <laughs> uh, I love that. That's awesome. My husband uh, took our an espresso machine. Uh, he put it. He <sighs> took it to the ship and then brought it back and then took it away and then got me a broken one from eBay. And oh lord, oh, no. did I have? Uh, he did he have hell to pay from me? I was like, I am not <laughs> returning that. You figure out how to return it. I'm buying my own, and I bought my own. And, uh, because I was like, I was like, why am I waiting? You did that. You cut corners. You always cut corners. You're cheap. I'm just kidding, baby. You're not cheap. You are not cheap. You're there's some things you're not cheap about. And since then you have not bought anything off of eBay. Thank you. Um, but, uh, but I was so mad at him and, but yeah, so I thankfully like got a cough, like an espresso thing and I haven't been using it recently. And I just like, when I got back half vaccinated, um, uh, I was very, I had so much fatigue and I realized I was out of Nespresso pods. I was like, oh no. And I also realized I was out of my favorite 
sugar-free creamer. I was like, oh, so, oh no. Cause oh. I like to make like an ice <laughs> the worst. coffee kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. with, and, like yeah. just with two shots of espresso and then like, I'm good to go. And that's like my morning, like pick me up after I work yeah. out and no, I, um, no, <laughs> not that just, it, it went away. And, but, but, uh, I have to get, I just have to buy more that just requires me going on Amazon when I can actually remember. To do it. Yeah. I have the worst memory. And like, I also have ADHD. So yep. if my brain has like other things to focus on, it like totally forgets anything else that I have to do. It's oh. like, uh, it's going to uh, happen or it's not going to happen. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like, and so I always yeah. forget to get beans and my, my husband just going, did you get beans? And I was like, oh, I forgot. He was like, let me order you some. See, <laughs> like, it sucks you. because my husband has ADHD as well. Right? Oh no. <laughs> so, and I like, so it's so for like us, like sometimes we are the worst of the worst. Like I probably need to talk to my doctor about my medication because I'm like, there's just some days where I'm like, okay, so I guess I just sat on TikTok for like four hours mm-hmm. and then, and then, and then I'm like late to my own. And I've never been like this. A lot of it has like the fact that I, that my routine is to just like stay in my house. And so I'm not like, I don't know, every day is different, but the same oddly. Uh, so a lot of it is like, I, if I like, no, I don't have anything going on. I'm like, Oh, thank God. Like I can do whatever I want today. And mm-hmm. then I just have the worst time management. Suddenly it's 3am. Like, what am I doing? Uh, yeah. but, and you don't feel yeah. that time go by. It's mm-hmm. like, there, it's like 30 seconds. You're like, Oh my God, I've been sitting here for four hours. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, so it's, it's funny that that kind of happens, uh, sometimes for me, but, but I, I probably need to talk to her about it. Who, I am probably fine. Who knows? But I mean, like if I focus, if I make myself like focus and do it, like when I feel the burst of like motivation, then that's when I can get a lot done and I won't, I'll Mm -hmm. sit down and I'll make myself do it until it's done now, which I wasn't able to do beforehand. So at least there's, that's an improvement, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always say like, that's luckily ADHD has like a a nice small positive sometime is that if you're fixated on something, that's the only thing you can fixate on. And so when I have to get something really done, I like kind of try and force my brain and it doesn't always work, but when it does work, I'm like, thank you, ADHD. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And like, well, the other thing with ADHD that I hate, it's like the simplest thing. You're like, "Mm." it'll take you like two seconds. Like, "Uh -uh. Mm -mm. uh-uh. Later. Oh my gosh. (laughs) All the time. Yes. yes. My husband's like, why can you not do it? And I was like, you don't understand. My brain won't let me. Uh, I love it. I love it. Well, we are coming towards the end of this beautiful conversation, which I am so, so very appreciative to have it. I think it's a good one having me. Yeah. But I like to give my guests the floor to promote whatever they'd like. So take it away. Awesome. Well, again, thank you just so much for having me. I loved talking. This has been so much fun. Um, if anyone listening is interested about call to marriage or about, or your new spouse trying to figure it out, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at call to marriage. Um, I'm also on all listening platforms, call to marriage, navigating life as a military spouse. I got a new logo. It's real cute. It's like a little hand with some tags on a camo phone. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, you can find me or if you're, you can email me ask.ctmpodcast at gmail.com. I'm really responsive and I love talking to new spouses and, and walking y'all through whatever. So. Yeah. I love it. That's and of neat. course, yeah, to my listeners, of course, all of the information on how you can get in contact with Kelly, that'll be in the description as well as, um, you know, where you can find the podcast, all of that, the links, everything. Um, and of course, you know, thank you so much again for taking the time to speak with me and to my listeners. This is of course, please don't kick me out the podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, share it, rate it, subscribe, you know, tell a friend. It's so funny. My dog knows that I'm wrapping up. He like got up and like came over <laughs> here. He's like, yes. No, get off.
But um, if you like what you hear, please, um, you know, follow me, rate me, subscribe, um, share it, tell a friend, scream it into the ether. Um, you can also contact me at pdkmopodcast at gmail.com with any pitch ideas for being a guest um, or any collaborations or sponsorships. I'm always open. My inbox is open just like Callie's. Or you can go to www.pleasedon'tkickmeout.com. Um, and thank you so much. And I hope you have a lovely weekend. Hey listeners, I wanted to share a special promotion for you from Dash of Pep. Dash of Pep is a clothing boutique that offers non-binary clothing that has fun prints that support mental health and empowering you to be your best self. In this pandemic, it is great to shop small and support small businesses like Dash of Pep. More than 50% of my wardrobe is from her adorable store. Robin at Dash of Pep has graciously given me a promo code for you to use at checkout. Use P-D-K-M-O to receive 15% off your order. Again, that is www.dash of pep.com and you can enter p-d-k-m-o at checkout to receive 15% off your order. This has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at pdkmopodcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support. And I look forward to, you know, connecting with you again next Monday.